0: You're listening to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Episode 166, Your Name, Space, The Final Frontier.
1: Welcome to the Animation Addicts Podcast with the Rotoscopers. Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. I'm your host, Morgan Stradling, and I'm joined by... Oh, what was her name? I just want to know your name what was your
0: name what's 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 in the name oh chelsea robson ah yes that's s- the name that's what it is
1: <laughs> <laughs> what's your name tell me what is it <laughs> you're mixing your movies chelsea but, i know <laughs> yes that's a common common thing is amnesia forgetting names it's a good thing when you're making a movie yeah there you go <laughs>
0: Welcome, everybody. If this is your very first time on our podcast, basically, this is the deal. We are just a couple of friends. We sit around and we talk about different movies that are either current or maybe in the past. This specific movie that we're going to be talking about today is just a couple of years old. So it's exciting to be able to, like, jump into the almost now. Is it three years old now? What?
1: 2016 is when it debuted in Japan. Okay, well. It would have been better if it would have Late been three years ago. <laughs> well, uh, we can stop the recording right now if you want to wait so it's three years, just so it ties into the movie very well. <laughs> nah, we can keep going. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll keep going. So just so you know, the movie that we are going to be reviewing today is the film, the anime film from Japan, Your Name. And it was requested by Dustin, one of our patrons. And first off, I have to... Apologize, I got called out in the last episode. You might have been like, "Wait, what movie are are they watching?" I called it No Name, which is a little different than your name. No Name does not exist. It's kind of a mixture between the movie No Name and No Face from Spirited Away. So take that what you will. That would be the great spinoff where it's it's called, you know, No Name. It's all about No Face, but and and, and that alternate reality. But so I apologize. It definitely I looked back in the notes and everywhere on the website. I mean, we clearly had it posted. I got an email I mean like, "This is the biggest anime film in the past, you know, few years. How could you mess that up?" And I'm like, "Ah, you know what? If you've ever done a live recording and broadcast of anything, sometimes you're just talking, you don't realize, and you keep going and you mess things up, and then you know, it, it gets you get called on it. In, <laughs> yes, it gets missed in editing, and you get called out on it. So." apologize. It was not intentional. (laughs) We all make mistakes. We're all human. So, your name. Uh, If you'd like us to talk about No Name, uh, we can make that movie for you. We'll just need a few more Patreon sponsors. Just go to rotoscopers.com slash Patreon, and I guess we can talk about that when we hit our, you know, $1 million a month level. Maybe. (laughs) We'll talk about making a movie. We can work on that. But yeah, I'm excited to talk about this, because I definitely had heard about this film. It, you know, finally made its way to the U.S., and... I had heard lots of buzz about it but never actually saw it so this was an opportunity to check it out
0: yeah we've had lots of people especially in the roto nation facebook group we've had a lot of the different patrons talk about it over the last little bit so now i feel like i'm in the know because i hadn't seen it prior perfect
1: all right let's jump right into it let's do it
2: finally the time has come everything up till yesterday was a prologue skimming through
1: Old. It's my turn to bear the load. So, like we talked about, we are talking about the movie Your Name, which, when it is translated to English, and I guess Japanese has this as well, sometimes you'll see it Your Name with a period, other times not. I think the literal translation has a period in the title, and I'm not gonna lie, that always really bothered me. Don't like punctuations <laughs> in my movie titles, particularly periods, just because it like feels off. It's like, you're a title. Why are you there? Go away, period. So. Well, and also, if you were to
0: do, like, a question mark, too, that would be kind of weird.
1: Well, I I could do question marks, and I could do like, exclamation points. I feel like there's some movies that warrant that as part of their titles. Um, Yeah. You know, like, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? But I don't even think that has a question mark, but anyway, uh, the period (laughs) is... uh, the one thing that i will call out as a negative You really didn't love that but let's move on and actually talk about the movie so before let's talk about who produced this some basic facts these all come from wikipedia box office mojo and the like so the film was directed by makoto shinkai again i'm not japanese so i will you know i'm sure i'm butchering that and the studio was comix wave films so this was kind of more of an independent film you know, it's interesting, a lot of the times when we do talk about Japanese anime or animation films that come from Japan, majority of the time on this fil- on this podcast, and I'm pretty sure 99 to 100% of the time, we've only done films that are Miyazaki or Studio Ghibli. So right. it, I liked that this was a film that wasn't by that studio and it has received great recognition and attention worldwide. It's kind of exciting to see you know, that other films and studios can be successful. But, and how great how it was so successful. Right. So obviously it was released in Japan, but worldwide it did $358 million U.S. overall, which is huge. It, it basically blew everything out of the way. It was a box office success. It is the second highest grossing film in Japan, like for a film... Created in Japan and released in Japan, um, behind *Spirited Away*. So, and then as far as like any movie ever in Japan, it's the fourth largest behind *Titanic*. *Titanic*, *Titanic*. That's a great one. <laughs> *Titanic*. <laughs> behind *Titanic*, *Frozen*, and then obviously *Spirited Away*. So, really, really incredible that it can do so well. And I think Japanese animation films. I think animation in Japan is a little more. You know, well-rounded and, and highly regarded amongst everybody, rather than in the U.S., where a lot of times animated films are just seen as kids and family things. This, you right. know, older people, couples, people in their twenties, thirties, they'll go see animated films, and there's not necessarily this association with it having to be related to kids. And I don't wouldn't have called this necessarily a kids film at all. No, it was definitely definitely more definitely to not. <laughs> <laughs> which we'll talk about i mean i i don't think there's anything bad in this film that i would prevent my children from seeing it but per definitely se. not Maybe,
0: geared toward kids <laughs> definitely not
1: geared toward kids right so there's a little backstory really exciting this is definitely one of the most popular films to come out of japan recently so let's talk about it yeah so what were your first thoughts i was so
0: confused <laughs> i mean i i had heard no plot points at all about this movie all i knew is that people liked it and so i was like great i'm looking forward to it and that comes in and all like the first thing that comes to my mind in that those first opening visuals was space the final frontier <laughs> i'm just like what am i watching here right <laughs> And then yeah. I was so confused during the first little bit. And the thing is, back in the day, they always did have title sequences and where they just had all these random things that had something to do with the movie, but not. I mean, a great example of that would be in in Robin Hood, where it's like... And it's like the whole everybody going... And little sequence going through one of my favorites. But this one, it was just kind of off. I was, because you're trying to pay attention, you're trying to grab clues, you're trying to like figure out, okay, what am I getting myself into? But everything is just so discombobulated that it's like, okay, I need somebody to make sense of this whole thing. So I feel like that's something that, you know, a lot of movies in general, but specifically animation like anime films do a lot of.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then it got to the boob shot. <laughs> <laughs> i was like what
1: the crap are we watching <laughs> like this is just weird yeah you know so go rewinding a little bit i kind of had the same thing as you where i was definitely very familiar with this film as far as how big it had gotten but i hadn't dug too much into it regarding the plot points or why it was necessarily popular and so when it was recommended well it wasn't a recommendation. Patron Pick is like, we will do it. It's not you're recommending that you do review right. this. It's like, no, I command the rotoscopers, you yes. will review this movie. We and are so commanded. I was commanded, and therefore I did. And so I just I wasn't sure what to go in because I saw the poster, and the poster, like you said, space the final frontier. It has, you know, the boy and the girl, and then there's the comet in the background, and then anime itself. I think can be kind of a wild card because it's all yeah. over the place. It can it, it covers all genres, right? But a lot of times it's a lot of fantasy. It's a lot of you know superhero stuff. But then there's more serious, uh, you know. But when I kind of think of anime films or at least TV shows, they usually have some sort of like, supernatural element to it. Yeah. So I kind of was going in thinking that this was something like that, um, but for the most part, it was really grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. with just this one element that was a little fantastical that that mixed it up and, and created a lot of drama and really, really cool aspects um, that allowed the plot to move forward. So, right. you know, I, what I really enjoyed about this film because initially I was kind of like, oh, I know everyone loves this, but it's like when I'm picking a new book, like I really do judge books by their cover <laughs> unless they're recommended <laughs> to me. Like I'll go through right. the Amazon list of the top you know, 20 books and whatnot. And I'm just like, oh, but the cover, I just, I can't even get past to reading what the synopsis is about because this just looks not my style. You know what I mean? And then you actually sit down and read it. You're like, wow, it was great. I really need to get over that. But I, when I have a lack of recommendations, then I just go back to my, hmm, does this look interesting? Anyway. Right. But so th- so this one was, was kind of similar because it kind of was like, what am I getting myself into? And what it did a really great job with was the very beginning. I felt that I was—it was en media res, which is like throwing you in the action because we're thrown in to um, figuring out what has happened here. Mm-hmm. You know, we see her point of view, which is really his point of view through her, uh, and and there's things that are off, and so we're kind of uncovering this mystery together. And I liked that because it really hooked me from the very beginning.
0: Yeah, the when you go into a media res, it's it's very discombobulating because and you're just the whole time you're trying to figure something out. Like, what is going on? I don't you're grasping for clues everywhere you go. Like, please just tell me what's going on. You know, it's funny how you mentioned that, you know, you judge this book by a cover. I generally don't ever even read books unless they are really Like somebody tells me, no, Chelsea, you need to read this one. (laughs) And so there's been many a time when Morgan has throughout our friendship has said, Chelsea, no, read this book. (laughs) Oh, okay, I'll do that. (laughs) Because it's like that moment of confusion, that moment of just like of not knowing what is going on is just bothersome to me. And so it's hard for me to to want to get into stuff like that. But I'm almost always really thrilled. Fair with game. You just have like to recommend
1: it. it. <laughs> yeah. So I think one of the biggest moments like you mentioned that really kind of throws you for a loop is the boob scene where the, she, she just starts touching her boobs right. and like saying, are these real? This is what they feel like. And it's, it's um, very interesting and different <laughs> and you're <It's> thinking, <gasps> it, it, yeah, it is a little uncomfy. People, you're not really sure what's happening, but immediately know something's up, right? Right. Like a normal girl would not just be doing that first thing when she wakes up. That's just, I don't know about you, Chelsea, but uh, from uh, what no, I understand of girls being one, that's, that's that's not how we behave.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh my
1: gosh. But
0: then I, I was just like, okay, is this a movie about transgender? Like, what is this? I don't know.
1: I'm just so confused. Well, right. Because she was like, are these, these are real? And I'm like, did you recently get a boob job? Or... And, <laughs> and you're like surprised that they feel so real. So like these honestly were the thoughts going through my head initially. And I think it's actually good because, you know, they, they do, they're doing this on purpose. They're throwing oh, yeah. you in the moment and making you confused and wonder and kind of question what's happening and why things are happening that way.
0: I actually did think it was some type of time travel thing because like, oh, you're acting so differently than you were yesterday. You know, it's like, well, they're, yeah, yeah, they're giving you all these hints of, like, something's different. And the fact that I was thinking, well, maybe this is, like, her going in time forward. Like, I was 10 years old and now I'm 15. Like, whoa, that's different. So right. I was like, what? I, I was just... I was thinking yeah. it was some type of time travel, but then I, I just didn't know what was yeah, going Yeah, every
1: on. scene we're getting more and more clues as to what's yeah. happening. And then you're realizing very quickly that, you know, within that first scene... So the two characters that we will predominantly be talking about, I think we should actually mention their names instead of just referring to us as him, as her and her as him. It's Taki and Mitsua. And Taki is the boy, and in this opening scene, he is in her body. And then Mitsua, we will, I mean, we're, we see her body, but not necessarily her. And then we see her later. And I think really once, once you hit the point where she is in his body... She has a little bit more of a freak-out, visceral reaction right. to what's happening, where it's very clear, uh, where he kind of, at the beginning, is just, like, going with it, you know, and, and there's, <laughs> yes, he's touching the boobs, and but, like, for the most part, he's just, like, going along with life and not really throwing a fit. He's kind of just taking things right. in, where she's, like, very much calling out that things are wrong and different, and I shouldn't be here. <laughs> that,
0: that was too real.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then it gets to the point where the teacher's trying to teach him about, oh, twilight. And I'm thinking, oh, yes, I do know what that means. (laughs) I I also have another (laughs) idea that comes to my head when you say
1: twilight. (laughs) Which was not one of the three definitions that you listed. But (laughs) yeah, that's a really good thing that they talk about initially is they 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 introduced the concept of twilight, that it's the magic hour or the golden hour. And then um, it's reiterated a few times that it's sort of this magical time where it's neither daylight nor nighttime and you know the grandma kind of talks about it as well but you know magical things can happen There's just like a special time where it's it's neither and that we see that come to play later but they just kind of like subtly throw that in pay attention to this you know and and when that happens later um when it actually twilight does come upon them i'm like oh perfect yes this is what we've been waiting for this is the magic Um, yeah because we've been prepared Right. So you you basically were expecting a hundred percent for them to see each other in that moment because of how it did built up.
0: Yeah, it did. And what's interesting is the through the whole time, as you have figured out what's going on, you know that they're switching spots and all these, but it got to a point where I was like, It's just so hard to decipher when they are trading places or not. It got to that point. They got good at being the other person. Mm-hmm. for, you know, a bit.
1: Right, and then things, you know, this becomes almost everyday life for them where they're switching and and yeah, it takes a, a moment. It's a moment of disorientation where you're trying to figure out like, okay, is this actually Taki or is this Mitsua as talky? And you know, you have to kind of figure out based on the cues and how they're behaving what the situation is. But then, you know, we see it so many times that it's sort of like, well, what's the point? You know, where is this going? And then boom, this big bombshell or Meteor, (laughs) comet, where we realize, oh, they're not even in the same time period. Which Which I thought was cool. Which was really cool and threw me for a loop and just was a really interesting element to it. Because you then you start thinking, how is this even possible? Where they're switching places, but not only that, they're switching dimensions almost. Yeah. The whole space-time continuum thing is very trippy to me. Yeah, As, and mine blows my mind every time I try to think about it. But this really is kind of one of those instances, uh, and and so then it really throws a wrench in the plans because they, you know, you know, at some point they're going to try to meet up with each other, and and he even tries to call her, and and things are are off, right? He tries to call her and he can't connect. Uh, Says so it's out of out of network, and we were hoping like, well, yeah, this is an easy fix. Just got, you guys, just call each other on the phone one right. <laughs> which they can't do so they're leaving each other notes or like hey just head up to tokyo for a day or head down and visit her um which you've, which do, we do see through kind of we're not told initially but we we discover that they both tried and attempted to do that with each other right and it obviously didn't work out as planned because the other one just it was a different time or the other one was dead yeah that's harsh I liked
0: how they did that, and I liked how they showed the fact... Because these are all things that we, as an audience, is like, uh, duh, go do that. And they're like, okay, no, they did. like, <laughs> it's, oh, yeah. it's not going to work out. Um, it kind of reminded me of the movie The Lake House mm-hmm. with Sandra Bullock. Did you ever see that one? Uh, I've, I've seen the beginning of it. I don't think I ever finished it. I mean, it's the basic con- same basic concept, uh, the fact that they both lived in this house... But years separating. And then they tried to meet up at some point, like by leaving notes to each other. And but it's like they didn't get the timings right. So like one met the other when they didn't know who the first one was. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, don't I waited. I should have waited a little longer. <laughs> right, right, right. So like you can't do this until after this day. <laughs> um, I like how when he was when he was in her body and in the town, He's like, I hate this place. It's so small and
1: towny. <laughs>
0: There's no cafe.
1: <gasps> right. I was
0: like, oh, that's funny.
1: Right, but then when she's in his body, she's living it up in Tokyo, spending all his money, and I love the little banter that they're having back and forth. Like, why does it matter? You know, you quit eating sweets. Well, why does it matter? Just going to your body. It's like, because I have to pay for them. <laughs> And I just I just thought it was kind of funny that the I different remember, banter. It's too expensive. <laughs> right, and the little relationship that they end up forming. Uh, and we do see that relationship actually grow and blossom and they start caring for each other, uh, which is really, you know, makes Odd. the payoff at the end yeah. really good.
0: Well, I was really confused, like, when she was like, oh, I wanted to go on that date. Like, I was like, wait, well, what?
1: She wanted to go just because she wanted to go visit Tokyo Tower and yeah. eat at these cool places. It wasn't necessarily that she wanted to date the girl. <laughs> I
0: was like, once again, I was confused. Although she
1: does have much better connection with her as him right. than he does as her. But right. that's that's when we start kicking off the, the idea that he has feelings for her because he, he's had this crush on her. And clearly all the other boys do as well because when she starts paying attention to him, they get very upset but then when they actually like he has the moment, she's prepared the way, you know, with the little flirting and fixing the skirt and just, you know, hanging out with her and being real, probably because she's a girl talking to a girl, so there's no right. awkwardness <laughs> there. You know, she's like, hey, yeah, hey, we're friends, you know? But obviously she's not seeing it that way as as the one being courted. So they go on this date and it's just the the vibe is not there. And she's like, you're like a completely different person today. And it gets me thinking of you know, if this really did happen, would people in my life be able to tell? I I mean, obviously, like I am me and all of my quirks and nuances and how I behave, like clearly the people closest to me, I think, or I would hope, would figure out something was up almost immediately, right? One would hope, yes. You would hope. (laughs) It's, It's very frightening if that weren't the case, but... You know, even even someone that is just a coworker in this situation is able to tell some things off. And she doesn't even... She, she doesn't immediately jump to the conclusion of like, I don't think you're you. I think you're someone else in this body. She doesn't go right, there. Right, right. But she says, I think you used to have a crush on me, but now you like someone else. And I think that's when he has his first realization that, yeah, maybe I have started to fall for Mitsua.
0: Which, the fact that he... Was getting to know her, being her, which is different than just getting to know somebody, right? Um, because but, he doesn't know—he actually doesn't know anything about her and her likes or dislikes or just what other people
1: tell. Well, him but they do communicate her. through the notes that they leave on the the calendar. Yeah, you know, like they almost have little journal entries to each other. So really, his only way of knowing her directly is through her writing as she's informing him about the day and, and whatnot. But yeah, I mean, I think just because I was in someone's body and lived their life doesn't mean I would necessarily fall in love with them. I definitely or even get really a, know I, them. Or know them at all. I, I would get a sense of who they are, but their personality and who they are w- would not be captured. No. So that the only time that's captured is through the notes, which then we hit a point where the notes start disappearing and he, mm. they start forgetting. And the, the big, the whole, the whole reason of the film is that because this is happening, yes, it's happening, and it, initially, it's like a dream, you know? Like, when you first wake up from a dream, it's very real for some people. I mean, for me, like, I very much remember my dreams, and some people have a dream journal right next to their bed, and they capture the dream immediately while it's still fresh. But dreams are funny and the fact that they fade. You know, Mm -hmm. I had a very vibrant dream last night and I was thinking about it. And as I'm talking right now, I'm trying to remember the different elements of my dream and they've, they've, they've really kind of fleeted and gone away. So it's interesting. And this is the exact same situation where these moments were even just, even though I was very omnipresent and I was living in this person's body and their name was always at the forefront, you know? Yeah. Even the name... Can, can go away. Right. And, and that's the hardest part because without a name, how do you find somebody? Right.
0: Well, and I thought that was, it was nice the fact that they both had each other's phone numbers. <laughs> so like, right. And oh, some point, my phone during, number
1: and at some point during the co- correspondence, they realized, you know, at first they're write, writing on paper, it says, who are you? What's your name? You know, like just give me your phone number. Let me tell you. Let me
0: tell you. <laughs> let's, let's just but, talk about but it. But it
1: doesn't end up working, right? Right. But... Yeah.
0: It's just very interesting how that is. Like I've never many people always say, like, put yourself in somebody else's shoes. Like, OK, yeah, I just did. Literally wearing their shoes right now does not mean that I know them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, I mean, it's just an interesting thing. Like you really do have to be a lot more inquisitive and do a lot more work than just, you know, go through the motions. Mm hmm. Oh, I loved all of the architecture in her town. I mean, this is all very culturally traditional. And in this town, like, all of these, not so much myths, but, like, traditions haven't Mm -hmm, been forgotten. mm -hmm. When you go to the city, it's like, no, they're totally out the window. Nobody
1: cares. Right, right. Which I just find so interesting. Is such a big part. And even, like, the, the priesthood and religion that the father has gone away from, but the grandmother still holds to and teaches her granddaughters mm-hmm. is something very, very important and something that, that in these smaller towns thrives, or at least in this town, we see that at least. Uh, yeah. yeah, you know, the, the fact that this is set in Japan and a lot of the places are actually real places, like if you go to the Wikipedia page there on the sidebar, there are photos from some of the bridges and, and different stations and places that are, they copied Exactly. You know, they really tried to imitate reality. So one thing where the movie really starts to get going is when they realize that she's dead. And mm-hmm. first off, they realize that the time is between them. But then he realizes that the city that in where she's from no longer exists. And he goes and he makes this trip out there and they just can't find it. They can't find her. There, There's nothing there. And he has this picture that he has drawn from memory, and someone calls it, I was like, oh yeah, that's the city, that's very beautiful, you know, that was the impact of the meteor, and, you know, then they realize, oh wow, that that was that from three years ago, and everyone died, and that's kind of an issue, because how is this still happening, right, in these moments right. where they're, they're switching, and, and she is currently switching to him three years in the future, uh, and so he wants to do something about it, right, He he. I, w- I would want to do something about it, too. <laughs> but the switching has stopped. So by this point, at once he discovers that she's actually gone and she's died, that's when the messages start fading. It becomes even less real because he sees that she's not even a real person anymore. And then he looks and finds her name on the death certificates or, you know, the list of the people who had died. And, you know, then, like, what is there to do? But he goes and he visits the shrine where she was, and he drinks some of the um, the sake that she had had created, and they hope that like something that you know she created this, and it would connect them. And it actually it does. Either
0: that, or gave him one major hangover after that. <laughs> right, right. I I'm not sure if I would be able to believe <laughs> what was just happening, the fact that because what the sake is like totally fermented and based very
1: super duper fermented. <laughs> Really? You know, that was some strong sake. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's very convenient, because after this moment, you know, he, he wants to do something about it, and they switch bodies again. And it just happens to be the day of the festival, and he basically, this is his only chance to save not only her, but also everyone in the town, as they go on this big adventure of trying to save everyone and concocting this plan. And it, for the most part, it works. I mean, they're able to... the. the this, Talent conveniently has this very old school, you know, 1940s alarm system for announcements. It's not like a mass text message letting people know of uh, imminent doom and disaster. It's we've got to get on the speaker and <laughs> hope right, everyone's right, in range. But if you see at the very beginning, you know, the grandma just turns it off. She's like, not interested. Because well, it's about her son at first, you know. Right, right. Son-in-law. But yeah,
0: I mean, this is very old school. Like you can tell this, this town just kind of stopped. And even like her, you know, talking when she's at the cafe and she's like, oh, my gosh, I could live like a month on these prices. And he's like, yeah, like 10 years ago. right? Like, yeah, no, this town has just kind of stopped. And it's amazing how they've obviously they're not going to get the, the best stuff because they can't afford the best stuff. So they're just sticking with the prices that they got. Right. Right. So it's really cool. Like the just the details that went into him, I just, I really liked. For example, when they went ahead and they did the, the sake scene where they're, it's mm-hmm. like the traditional way of they, they eat the rice and then they spit it out and then they let it ferment and like, ah, oh, yes. And the guy who's who's dubbing it, he's like, ah, oh, yes, that old thing, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that old tradition, you know. I was confused at that point. I'm like, are they on display? Like, what's going on here? So. I actually looked into that a little bit. Um, I wasn't able to get a lot of information, but they they do have several videos online. You can look into, see, like, what were more meanings to that, that whole scene.
1: Ah, interesting. So we, we kind of hit the big moment where, you know, they're trying to evacuate everyone, and he realizes he needs to kind of, like, be with her. You know, if he's in her body then she must be in his, and so he figures she's at the crater or at the lake, you know, where the shrine is. So he goes back to the shrine, and then once they're there, she wakes up, and then they kind of sense each other's presence, which is is helpful because they're able to find each other, even though they are separated by time. And uh, there's that brief moment where they are able to see each other, hug each other, um, during, right before, you know, twilight. And he, let's write our names. You know, it's like they keep forgetting each other's names, and so they're gonna write it. And he writes something on her hand, and then she starts writing. And then it, it, during Twilight, is they they actually switch back to their bodies, and are yeah. conscious, and they're they're back to being them. And there's this w- very short moment in time where they're able to have this conversation, and like let's write down our names so we never forget. And and it's it's just very short. And he's able to write something on her hand, but she's unable to finish her message. And he writes, I love you, which we find out later. Which is so- that does not help. <laughs> <laughs> and then very quickly, almost immediately, they, they're completely forgetting. Yeah. You know, he's just like, Wait, what was the what was the name? What was the name? What was the name? You know, and so, but the comet is coming by and then it splits and turns into a meteor that crashes down and you know, so he has to go back and still try to evacuate the town and it actually does crash, so you're kind of wondering what's happened. And then he wakes up in his own own time, back at the shrine, and and can't remember what the heck has happened. So, you know, that's we're not sure. And then we fast forward five years, and they're job hunting, and getting rejected. But he's not very good at interviewing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's your suit. What? Doesn't look that bad. <laughs> there is power in a great suit. There is always invest ooh. in a nicer suit. You will never. Regret it.
0: Yeah, no, there is definitely girls go crazy for a sharp dressed man. Mm-hmm. Zizi Top knows it best.
1: <laughs> so yeah, you know, they're just kind of living his life and he's it's five years in the future. He keeps, you know, he's graduated university, he's trying to get a job, and just kind of living life. It's it's kind of almost mundane. He's just going and he kind of has this this history or this this thought of like there was this person that I knew and there was also this meteor. You know, that landed and and crashed and nearly killed this town. And I was obsessed about it. And it was all I would research and look into. And now I don't really, I'm not really sure why I did that, you know? And so again, she's just so fleeting to him. But then we do discover that she, actually, hardly anyone died, which is incredible because he's really this huge hero. Right. Incredible hero that no one will ever know about. And he'll never receive the recognition for what he's done but you know he's a hero nonetheless and then we kind of have the payoff at the end where you know they're passing each other they they have this connection and they pass, and they, they do this so many times where they pass each other and they're just like like they feel something and they just keep going like no you need to follow that prompting just yes do i know you like the, they, <laughs> that alarm goes times, off for a reason right right, <laughs> right right they just like they they acknowledge it and then they keep going and i'm like no 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 any time in your life you need to just you need to (laughs) you turn around and go back now (laughs) commanding so we have and i actually love the way that this ends is that they they say how do i know you and
2: and
1: they say yes how do i know you and they ask like what's your name and it just ends on that you know asking each other's for their name yeah and then that's the end do you
0: think that they would remember at that point
1: yes i think i think so yeah I think the fact that they have this connection from that point on, the memories will come back. Because now they're not only, you know, with the separation of time, it clearly did something to their memories and how they were able to recall what had happened. And I think now that they had reunited in the same time, you know, obviously years later, but I I imagined that, you know, things just start flooding back. As soon as they say each other's names, the memories come back, they remember each other, they hug, they kiss and uh they probably
0: get married (laughs) we'll be married in the morning (laughs) (laughs) yes um i don't i think they would remember just because it's like you know when you're going throughout your day and then something clicks and you're like oh my gosh i just remembered that dream because it had everything and you just you go from not having any recollection at all to just being able to spout off so many different different details you didn't even know that were there Mm -hmm. so i think so too I think that they would remember. At least that's what I want them to do.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Your wishful thinking. So so I overall loved this movie. It was it was very much a surprise to me. I didn't think that I would like it, even though it was the biggest movie in Japan in the past few years. And and everyone loved it. Everyone was talking about it. It was getting so much praise. I don't know. I was just kind of part of me was like, I don't know if I'll be into that. If that'll be my thing. And I am so glad that I watched it. And I thought it was just very unique and fun and whimsical i liked the romance aspect it wasn't so in your face love story kiss whatever but like there were just hints of it there and it was clearly one of the motivating factors for these two and it just it it provided something new but it was grounded in reality which i kind of liked just with like a little you know element of of fun and surprise and it was really cool how it all played out
0: i enjoyed it as well I liked how imaginative the story seemed. And as I go back and think about it, I can think of, oh, it's like that movie or that movie. Like, I have a couple of different movies that come to mind as I'm talking about it. But at the same time, I feel like they did a good job of keeping it very much its own thing. It took different elements, but then made it its own story. So I liked that. I liked the whole time traveling thing and the the thought of, you know, there's that's something out there that you're just searching for and just like they're just waiting for that moment to click you know I like those things um all in
1: all I'm gonna give this a four star rating awesome yeah so I kind of already gave my little review uh loved it thought it was great and the payoff was satisfying yeah I thought it was very enjoyable to watch from beginning to end so likewise I'm gonna give it four stars So with that, this film, actually, the rights have been purchased by J.J. Abrams and his production company, Bad Robot Productions, also by Paramount Pictures. They have the rights to turn this into a live-action American remake, which I think is going to be very successful. Um, I liked this in animation. Obviously, animation is the medium that can tell any story, but I think... For this story to gain a larger audience, the live-action format done by an American director will will allow for that. Do you think that they'll stick with, like, locations and things? Or do you think um, they'll go? I would... It'd be interesting to see. I, I don't imagine them setting this in Tokyo. Uh-huh. It's probably going to be an American cast. But who knows? Um, I'd be fine either way. Yeah. But... Uh, you know, I imagine it's going to be set in New York City and some other podunk town. Right. But Kansas. <laughs> right. Somewhere that just has doesn't even have a stoplight. <laughs> right.
0: I would like them to do more. I mean, I, I really enjoy films and TV shows from the Asian markets. Uh, so I would like them personally to go and do that again. But I just don't think they would. Just because of, I don't know, it's Merca, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I just don't think they would, but I, I would like them to because I feel like digging into the more mystical aspects of it all would give it more foundations. I
1: think. Right. All right, so let's jump into our voicemails.
2: Hello, this is Alex calling in to give my review of your name. First off, congratulations on reaching your six year anniversary. After all these years, my favorite episode is Still Spirit Stallion of the Cimarron. Mason's comparisons to The Lion King in that episode made me practically fall to the floor laughing. Other favorite episodes include Toy Story, Toy Story 2, and The Brave Little Toaster. As for your name, I thought it was good, but not spectacular. I am not a big anime person, but I was able to follow the story pretty well, and I think that it was one of the best animated films of 2016. I enjoyed the animation, the music, and the plot, although I feel that certain elements could have been explained a little more thoroughly. Overall, I give the film three and a half stars out of five, and here's hoping you make it to a seventh year.
3: guys are reviewing Your Name. This is a very special movie to me. I've seen close to 300 movies in the last two years, and this is my favorite out of all of those. I just It spoke to me on every level. It starts out funny, and then it takes, and you think, oh, it's just going to be the silly thing. And then it takes this this step once you're sort of invested and becomes so deep, so rich, so moving. And to me, the movie is all about the connection that we have with the other. When you when you when Taki understands Mitsuwa's humanity and who she is, he will do anything to uh, rescue her, to save her uh even if she just feels her essence and that's why he's he's just searching and searching he knows this is out there he knows and he's trying to put the pieces together and it's just so beautiful it's so moving i love it. the animation is stunning i love the music i just listened to the score a million times i've literally made friends through this movie uh it's i took all my nieces they all loved it uh, i've I just it's just a really special movie to me and I I, I just think Makoto Shinkai has created a real masterpiece so I hope you guys liked it we'll see, but I love it, so there you go oh,
2: If only your voices speak at night Could ever reach the very edge of this world And the time Instead of fading into air and dust
1: All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Animation Addicts podcast. Thank you. Big thank you to Dustin for commanding us to do this movie (laughs) as part of his patron pick. I'm really, really glad that we were able to do this one. And I don't really think this would have been one that Chelsea and I would have just picked on our own. So that's the cool thing about the patron picks is that it allows us to see somewhat of a diverse spectrum of films. I do feel that our patron picks are still very heavily Disney-dominated, but that's okay because there are who you know, doesn't oh, like disney there's <laughs> over 55 canonical disney animated films and who knows how many other ones i just realized as i
0: was this last week i was going through different movies that we haven't done we have never done pocahontas
1: ever no wow well we'll we'll get on that asap so there you go Speaking of, our next film that we will be reviewing is an extremely goofy movie, which is not part of the canon, oh but it is one of those direct-to-video sequels, and we love a goofy movie. We actually just did, um, wrote a rewatch, which is an exclusive podcast just for the patrons where we go back and we rewatched a film. We rewatched a goofy movie and talked about that, so that's somewhat fresh, and now we'll be talking about a goof- an extremely goofy movie on the main podcast, which is open to everybody. So be sure to send in your voicemails for that. You can give us a call at 406-646-6575 or leave us a voicemail at rotoscopers.com slash voicemails. If you'd like to leave us your review on your name, with or without a period, go to rotoscopers.com slash 166. Leave us your review. Did you like this movie? Did you not? What are your favorite scenes? What particularly do you are you looking forward to or not looking forward to regarding the live action remake, leave those in the comments there and we will be joining the conversation. And then, yeah, until next time, we, we are the Rotoscopers. Rotoscopers. All right, like we talked about, we are talking about the movie No... <laughs> Not No Name. <laughs> no! Your name. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> yeah, the whole space-time continuum... <clears throat> the whole space-time continuum... <clears throat> Come on, get the word right get a sense of who they were are or bleh, whatever that word means and have a great day at your meeting or a
0: great meeting in your day whatever you uh, yes
1: all right bye everybody adios